Thank you so much for choosing this podcast from CFTN Payson. We are Church for the Nations in Payson, Arizona. We are a Bible-believing church and believe God has a word for you today. You can reach us at www.cftnpayson.com or you can give us a call at 928-444-8791. We hope that you're blessed by the message that you've chosen today. God bless. I don't have to say anything after that. Usually Nevin asked me to preach. I requested this morning because I'm tired of the night terrors of waking up with this word. And I'm like, you got to let me have a Sunday. Because until I release this word, have you ever had where the Holy Spirit's telling you something and you're like, I got it. He goes, no, but it's not for you. It's for them and for me. So for two weeks, I've kind of actually about a week and a half, I've had this this thing burning in my spirit. And if you want a title, you know, how many of you are like in a situation right now where you're like, where are you, God? Dina, this is the opposite. God is asking you, where are you this morning? And I got confirmation yesterday. I was listening to, um, actually it came across my Facebook feed and Chuck Pierce gave this word sometime this week. I don't know when he did this, but I want everybody to stand up. Get in receive mode, because this is confirmation of what I'm about to talk to you about. And this is what the Holy Spirit said through Chuck. Fear not of being pushed out of the nest this season. For, for your place of familiarity and comfort, now I'm, I'm plucking you away. I must cause a people to spread, to begin to catch what I'm bringing from heaven. So don't be afraid to be pushed out. Don't be afraid to come out. Don't be afraid for I am calling you forth this season with new purpose, new vision, and I'm emerging you into atmospheres that I have longed to penetrate. So, Father, I seal this word, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to speak through me this morning. And God would say to you this morning, the Holy Spirit would say to you this morning, where are you? It's time to stop hiding. It's, it's time to, to get out of the tomb. It's time to come out. Fear not. You're about to move. Where are you? Not you asking God where he is. No, he's asking you, where are you? For some of you, it's time to see again. For some of you, you need to hear again. But let God define you this time. God chose you. Your days were fashioned before they even happened, Psalm says. This day was planned for you before you even took a breath on this earth. You are being redeemed for such a time as this. And there are generations waiting for you to be who God has called you to be. So where are you? It's kind of like Tim said this morning. When you're praising and you're worshiping, when everything else is falling apart, it will shift the place you're in. See, the church is supposed to be the called out ones. And some of us are in a place of familiarity and a nest that we've become comfortable with. And like Chuck says, fear not, for I'm pushing you out this season. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, she's going to fly. So God, so you can be seated. But that was confirmation of what I feel God's saying. And I'm, I'm not joking when I tell you all week long. I've probably woke up three to four times every week. Or, or this week, and he's saying to me, where are you? I'm like, I'm right here. Where are you? See, we get out of God's timing. A little history lesson. 
Do you know that today on the Jewish calendar and on God's calendar, it's actually Resurrection Sunday? We did it a month ago. Why? Food for thought. So today, this whole weekend is all about Passover. And so I'm going to unpack that a little bit because I believe that God was calling out to Moses and calling out to the Israelites and he was calling out to them and he was saying, where are you? This is going to be a fun message. This is not a, this is not a, a message that I just feel like we're asking the wrong questions in our circumstances. Don't ask God, where are you? He's asking, no, where are you? And I'm going to lay it out this morning for you that we can see this throughout Scripture. A few weeks ago, um, Tim declared this is Resurrection Month. So why are you still in the tomb? And God showed me that morning. He sang a song and the phrase said, the stone was rolled away. The stone was rolled away. But I saw that we were still camped out in the tomb. I saw gifts. I saw talents. I saw people. And they were camped inside the tomb. Why? Because the action of the stone rolling away is causing light to come in and illuminate your giftings, illuminate who you are. And yet you're still sitting in there going, yeah, but God. And he's calling out to you saying, where are you? Don't get cozy in those seats because you're about to move. See, we're called out. We're called out people. And God is getting to raise people up and, 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 and he's getting ready to take you from a place that seemed confined, that seemed where, where death overtook you, um, to, to a place of resurrection life. Why are you still in the tomb? Why are you in there? So Passover, I'm going to just give you some background of Passover, but you know, God instructed them. We know that, that the Israelites were in bondage. I believe the tomb can represent bondage for us today. Tombs were actually caves, and you got to get out of that familiar place. But anyways, the Israelites are in Egypt. They're slaves. They're in bondage. And I believe God uh, anoints and appoints Moses to lead them out of there. And they get, you know, <laughs> Pharaoh, it's like on plague one, wouldn't you just have been like, just go. Just, just move. Please. So the last play, you know, we know that the Passover is, they had to put the lamb, they had to kill the lamb, and they had to put it over their doorpost, so that when the death angel crossed over their, their, uh, their home, it wouldn't kill their firstborn son. I'm here to tell you this morning that we have a better Passover lamb. And we can put that blood over our doorpost of our hearts, and the enemy will pass over you. Or he will cause you to pass over the enemy. I don't care how you want to look at that. But that's what the blood does for you. I'm preaching really. You, you're going to have to give me some input here this morning. Because I, I, when I'm going over this in my home, you could ask Zachary. Friday morning, I was preaching to myself. I'm crossing over. And Zach's looking at me like, shh, he's watching movies. I don't care. I'm crossing over that. I'm passing over that. See, he, he, when, when you receive the blood, when you receive the Savior, when you say yes to him, you said it a bunch of times, he's not going to leave you the same. You're going to have to move. You're going to have to cross over into your next assignment. But how many of you know? Okay, so my text, let's go there. Exodus 3, 3. And Moses said to the people, remember this day in, wh in which you went out of Egypt. Another word for Egypt is bondage, slavery. 
out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten there. Do you know that when the Passover happened, God actually instructed them to, to not leaven their bread because it would probably take too much time. And he told them to eat the Passover ready. Why? Because you need to be ready to move with God. Where are you? These shoes were made for walking. And that's just what I'll do. No, okay. I'm one, <laughs> one of these days, these shoes are going to walk all over the enemy. Starting today. Remember, don't forget where you were. But don't, don't forget where you're going. You're going somewhere. See, this place they had just experienced... They came out of Egypt. Oh, you got to get this. But you know what they did before? They plundered the whole place. You got to get the treasures of where you are right now, and then you got to start moving. But how many of you know, if you read this story, there's a whole message in this story. And, and I was like, God, I, I don't want to go that direction. I need to go this. Yeah, he agreed. Thank you, Jesus. But do you know that it actually says in one of the verses that he didn't lead them by the Philistines' camp? Because he was afraid they'd camp there. So then they get to the Red Sea, and there's another place. See, we as Christians, we think, okay, woohoo, I got delivered, I'm on the move. Oh, here's another place. Woohoo. How many of you know the Israelites had many places that they had to overcome? So when he moves you out of one tomb, when he raises you from one place, you better get ready because he's going to need to raise you from another place. They came to the Red Sea. And in between there, they were so ridiculous. And I think we're ridiculous sometimes. Where's the water? We're hungry. And then they had to cross over the Jordan. See, Moses brought them out. I preached just a couple weeks ago. Moses brought them out, but Joshua took them in. See, you're called out. God's saying, where are you? To come out of that place to bring people with you. You're supposed to be contagious. Not, oh yeah, I go to church. No, what did those people see in the light parade? They saw life. Life and light and resurrection power will always draw people. And you don't have to say anything. Hot cotton candy, get your snow cones. See, we don't even have to say Jesus loves you because it's in the tone. It's in the sound. It's going to draw them. Some of you just need to get up and start prophesying every morning. God, go into the dark places of this community. Go into the marketplace. Go into the families. Go into the schools. And he'll, he'll get on them words, and he'll go. So I asked you, why are you still in the tomb? I have some really good answers for you. First one, I have to confess. Remember a while ago when I preached, I promised I was going to start working out? I didn't. <laughs> this is why I'm... I'm Gonna have to take just a minute. There's always this week. Fear. Fear will keep you in that place. You know what? God's not afraid of you. He is perfectly confident in what he created. He knew you. And you know what? Yes, our circumstances and some of the things that we do put us in places. The decisions that the Israelites made put them in places. But how many of you know God is always gracious to meet you in that place? And he is always gracious to pass you over into the new. But you got to be aware this morning that the stone was rolled away. If you don't recognize the stones rolled away, you're going to sit in there and you're going to tremble and say, oh God, I don't know why I'm here. You're there because you're not moving. You're not listening.
listening. All you're saying is, where are you, God? And he's saying, no, where are you? It's time for freedom. Another thing that keeps you in, in the tomb, in the cave, is familiarity. Tradition. Well, this is how always how we do it. You know, about uh, when we moved into this place, God spoke to me and said, drive to church a different way. We had to that morning. But it's the little things that you do routine, that you do traditionally. God says, change it up. Don't do it the same. You know, a lot of people talk about the next move of God. And those very people that talk about the next move of God, why can't they accept it? Because they already formulated in their mind how it was going to look. Routine. Yeah, but God, don't formulate in your mind what this is going to look like. Don't formulate in your mind what coming out of the grave is going to look like for you. Because when you're in that place of routine, it will restrict you. It will limit you. It will take everything out of you. It will exhaust you. It'll tell you how far you can go. It'll tell you how far you can't go. So this morning, what voice are you listening to? Lazarus, come forth. Are you listening to that voice? Or are you listening to the voice of reasoning? You know, Mary and Martha were in this place of fear. Oh, our brother died and it's been four days. And why didn't you come? Fear. He said he would do it. See, some of you need to believe again. You stopped believing in the place of the tomb. So I did some study this week. John eleven forty three, it says that, that Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. You want to know what Lazarus' name means? God has helped. So now let's say that again. God has helped. Come forth. Woo! That's good news. It's not about you. It's about him. It wasn't about Mary and Martha pleading, oh, you got to raise our brother. It says Jesus was grieved. That was his friend. But he's always right on time to bring you out of that place of confinement. He's always right on time. Don't stop believing. Don't let the current circumstances dictate, dictate the place you're in. Many of us are in places that we don't like. Routine. Routine will, it will blur your vision. You can't see. But when you take a step with God, there's new vision, there's new opportunity, there's a new way, there's a new step. But you got to get on with it. you got to remove your grave clothes. In the very next verse, he says, you know, take off his gra grave clothes. Take the, and, and grave clothes in this thing. It, he was actually bound. Some of you need to, to, to unbound yourself from that place. Take your grave clothes off. Don't let it define you. Believing lies. If you believe a lie, you're going to live it. You're going to live the lie. Well, my family, they all did drugs. So I'm just, that's who I am. No, it's not. That is not what the word says. It says you are, a, if you say yes, that means you are a blood-bought child of God. You're a king's kid, like Ed said this morning. If you believe you're stuck in a tomb, you'll believe you have no worth. You got worth. You were called by the king. And that's why you need to believe. Okay, we're going to jump tracks a little bit. Because I want to prove to you in the scripture that God asked many people, where are you? Okay, it might not say, where are you? But I believe he said, where are you? So 2 Samuel 9 verse 3 and 4 says, 
Then the king said, is there not still someone? Now, you, you got to get this. David is now king, and we all know that King Saul hated him. He hunted him, and David had umpteen times that he could have killed that guy. We all on that? And, and, and Saul's son, Jonathan, Jonathan and David, that's where we preach covenant. Man, those guys would, would lay their lives down for each other, right? So this is where we are in this story. Saul and Jonathan have, have, have died. And, and the king says, King David says, in 2 Samuel 9, 3 says, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness of God? Stop. Why? Because they understood honor. I don't care that place that you were in. See, David was in a place before he was in this place. And he was making the decision to bless that family. And he says to him, moving on, And Ziba said to the king, There's still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. Verse 4. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is in the house, oh boy, of Makar, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Listen, when you start listening to the king, he'll call you out of a place. Let me unpack this a little bit. Verse, um, uh, the end of verse 3 says, and, and this, this Ziba said to the king, yeah, there's still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. This kid was dropped at like five years old. And was lame from that point on. Most of us know the story. If you don't, I encourage you to go to 2 Samuel 9 and read that story from this, from what I'm going to unpack for you right now. See, the place where you're at will define who you are. You can't let the circumstances of being lame or, or whatever the circumstances are. Don't let that define who you are. So Mephibosheth Sheth, is, is actually the son. He's crippled. Um, and King David says, man, isn't there somebody? Like, you need to look for who you can bless. Like, this guy's looking for someone he can bless, right? You can't do that in the place of the tomb. And so he says, yeah, Ziba says, yeah, he's in, he's in Lodabar. So that was the place where he was. Lodabar, interestingly enough, means pastureless, having nothing. I'm here to tell you this morning that God is ready to take you out of the low bar and put you in a place of plenty. And when the king calls your name, and when the king says, come on, where are you? He's going to put you at a banqueting table, and you will feast continually. In fact, let's read it. In verse 6, it says, then David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, here is your servant. So David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat at my table continually. I have good news. If you start listening to the voice of truth, you will eat continually. You don't need to have lack. Come on, so that's got to be good news. You got to get out of that place of nothingness. The tomb has nothing to offer you. Those grave clothes, see, and, 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 and David wasn't worried about if he was crippled. See, Jesus isn't worried about it, who you are. He says, come and dine. I've got plenty. See, don't let, don't let your crippled feet keep you from getting to that next place. See, I believe there's going to be suddenlies, and it's going to move you, and you thought, well, I arrived. Er, er, wrong answer. 
We sang that song Wednesday night. If he goes to the left, I'll go to the left. If he goes to the right, I'll go to the right. There's suddenlies. He will move you to a new place. He's going to position you to occupy. See, the scripture says it hasn't even entered your heart and your mind what you can do when you come. I'm going to use my own. When you come out of the tomb, you don't even understand because your mind can't comprehend the goodness. Where are you? And I, let's just, okay, go on. Elijah, I was almost ready to go on a rabbit trail there, and I didn't do it. Elijah, a man, come on. He was an amazing man of God. And we all know the story, right? He's with all these false prophets, and they're worshiping Baal. And so he challenges them. And he says, you know what? You call out to your God, and whoever's God, you know, rains fire down on this altar, you got to get this. They were all looking for, how, how does fire come typically? We start a fire, and it, it starts like this. See, God wrecks everybody's programs. The fire came down. That's a, like when I'm studying this stuff, this stuff is like jumping out at me. So Elijah says, it obviously didn't happen for, for the other guys. So Elijah says, you know what? He rebuilds the altar. Don't be afraid if the altar's down and you need to rebuild it. And he says, go ahead, you guys. Pour some water on there. That's not good enough. Pour some more. And it says in the word that there was a trench of water. And then he said, God, if you've heard me, <laughs> and fire comes down and Water and all. Gone. That's like a serve. Okay, I'm just laying some groundwork. We're getting to the where are you. It says in there that he goes out and King Ahab, you know, he's pretty hot. And it says that he outruns. See, when you, ooh, you got to get this. When you apply the blood of your Passover lamb, it says that Elijah outran King Ahab to the gate. Okay, you still with me in this story? There's a little lady I like to call her Jezzy for Jezebel. And she is mad. Let me ask you a question. Why is he running from a woman when he just defeated like, thank you. Where did he go? He hid in the cave. You gotta get this because see, when you have great victory, the enemy is going to be at your heels and it is up to you to turn around and say, no. Instead, what is Elijah? Some of you need to hear this. Some of you have been Christians and you've been warring for years, but you're stuck in the tomb. Elijah was a mighty man of God. It doesn't mean if you're hiding in the tomb this morning, it doesn't mean that you're not a mighty man and woman of God. It just means you got to get moving. So he hides in the tomb. I mean, from the beginning, God wants this guy to take dominion. He wants this guy like... He wants him to do this. He's convinced you. When you think about Elijah, he, he convinces you that your circumstances, and he has him blinded, and so like Penny said, he runs into the cave. See, he has you believing that you're a product of your past. But why? He just had great victory. Why? Some of you have had great victories. Why are you camped out with the voice of reasoning in the tomb? And it's like in the tomb, it's so echoey in there. So like when you say, oh yeah, God doesn't love me. Like that just echoes. You've got to get out of there into wide open places and say, I'm here. Here I am. Send me. You've got to believe God's going to take care of you when Jezebel, when Jezzy's chasing you. Because she's still alive in spirit. And she, it ain't fun when she shows up. So Elijah is hiding, and you can look 
this up in your own private time. And the Lord says, where are you? He says it. I looked it up. Where are you? Where are you? Come on, Elijah is a mighty man of God. He had great victory. See, I think God is thinking, man, haven't you seen where I've brought you? And you're not even, you don't even care. You just take matters into your own hands. Because after all, we're going to be in protection mode. Interesting enough, he says the same thing to Adam and Eve. See, God doesn't care. He wasn't, have you ever wondered, like, why did God give Adam and Eve a choice? Wasn't that the dumbest thing he could have done? Because we could all be walking around naked. And we'd have perfect, we could be naked, we could... <laughs> I just said that. Because we, we get in our mind. You know why he gave them choice? Because he loves you. And it's choice is freedom. You have freedom in the kingdom. You've got to get that part. He loved them so much and he wasn't scared of their bad choices. Stephanie likes walking around naked. She's just laughing like crazy. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't in my notes, to be honest. But, so from the, you got to get this. See, God did not create you and then say, there's earth, could you please go down there and do something? He didn't do that. He created earth and then he said, go and take dominion. You're positioned to occupy. But why are you in the tomb? Why aren't you doing something? Where are you? See, if you don't show up and demonstrate what God's called you to do, you're never going to pass over. You won't do it. You'll wander around in the wilderness. You might pass over one place. But you'll wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. I saw a funny cartoon. I got to go right now. I saw a funny cartoon yesterday on Facebook. And Jesus and the guy are sitting there and they're having a conversation. And the guy's like, remember, we're, we're, we're always asking the wrong questions. And the guy's like, you know, Jesus, why do you allow lack and poverty and, and homelessness and sickness and, and disease? And why are you allowing that? And Jesus says, with the little bubble over his head, I was just thinking I was going to ask you the same question. You got to get that. You're the answer. But not in the tomb. You can't be an answer. You can't be the solution. If you're in a place of confinement. Because it will rob your thinking. It will rob your vision. It will rob your hearing. Stop allowing the serpent to speak to you. Why didn't Eve say, no, I'm not listening to you. Because we get afraid. Because we're in a routine. They probably did the same thing every morning. I don't know what they did. But you know what? God never stopped pursuing them. Even after the bad choice, he's coming to you in the bad choice and saying, where are you? And you know what it says? They hid. Why? Why are you hiding? What do you got to lose? Nothing. Let's say it again. God has helped, so come forth. It's your time to pass over into that new place. See, you're the main character of your story. And if you don't move, it's not going to be a fun ending. But move with God from place to place. And you'll walk with him from place to place. He's always gracious to move you on. See, you are redeemed. And he wants to call you out of that familiar place. He wants you to shake off those grave clothes. He wants you to get unbound when the enemy has... You know, when you believe lies, it's like this this cord that wraps around you. It's like this suffocating thing. When you really listen to the wrong, to the wrong voice, and that's why I believe that, like in, in, in the story of Mephibosheth, you've got to start listening to the king. You've got to do that. Some of you need to speak to those talents. You need to speak to your spirit because 
your soul maybe has been wounded, and that's what's keeping you there. But if your spirit will rise up in conjunction with the Holy Spirit, you can move yourself, and you can shift your world. See, all these people we talked about, Lazarus and Jesus, it's not about them. It was about those around them. Being in the tomb is a very selfish place. Would we look at Elijah as a selfish person? I don't think we would. Why? Because when God asked him, where are you? He moved. It's not about you. Newsflash. It's not about Penny. It's about the people that are around her. It's about, see, you've got to get contagious. It's about people that are being drawn to you. What makes you you? See, some of you need to declare, I am who you say I am. You are, so therefore I am. You are only you because of God. I am who I am because he is who he is. <laughs> See, expect suddenlies when you are a blood-bought son of the king. God is causing you to pass into your promised land. God has helped come forth. Do you believe it? See, God wants to illuminate. God wants to emerge you out of that dark place. Do you know that, the, that Satan can torment you to no end if you keep things in the dark? And some of you just need to roll stone away from your heart. Start letting light in that place of darkness. You got to do that. The world's going to have to see you do that. You want to know why you're not, a, if you are feeling like, oh, well, I'm not effective. I don't know what I'm doing. It's because you haven't become vulnerable. I don't like being vulnerable because I don't like to cry. And therefore, when I'm vulnerable, sometimes I cry. But that's a dark place for me because I don't like to show weak. I think it shows weakness. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's an, an, an insecurity that the enemy has wanted to tell me all my life. Who do you think you are? Come forth. Hiding in a tomb does not allow community. It doesn't allow your family to get to you. It doesn't allow your church, your corporate body to get to you. It doesn't allow and promote growth. We can wander around in the wilderness, but God did not bring you out of Egypt to have you wandering around. See, you're no longer confined to the tomb. you got to rise up. Isaiah says, rise and shine. <laughs> like, it doesn't say, go ahead and stay in your place of, of, of... See, I love this little this little saying. You better get comfortable being uncomfortable. Because when you're walking with God, he'll put you in places. He'll take you into situations that you're like, I didn't sign up for that. And you go right back into the tomb where you think you're safe. You're not safe there. God has helped come forth. It's not about you. You're no longer confined to that place. You get Isaiah 60 in your, and you say, rise and shine, for the glory of the Lord has come upon. <laughs> it's not about you. It's about you rolling the stone away and letting him illuminate those areas in your life that have kept you from being everything you were supposed to be. Are you ready to move? Woohoo! Listen, the, the word says that the same resurrection power that raised him from the dead lives in, I'll just say it to myself, me, in you. That if that doesn't get you going, nothing will. There won't be any message. There won't be any church. There won't be nothing that will cause you to come out, out of that place of confinement. It's Passover. Listen, we don't have to cut the lamb and, and do all that. We just got to say yes to our Passover lamb. When you say yes to the Passover lamb, 
He'll bring you out of Egypt. He'll take you through the Red Sea. He'll take you through the Jordan into the promised land. But you've got to believe. Lazarus, come forth. Some of you just need to put your name in there and say, Dina, come forth. Until you do that, there's no movement. You're going to have to move. Stand up for me, will you, please? I'm going to ask the families to join. When the kids come in, I'm going to ask you to join with the families as when they make their way in. Listen, when you say yes to him, when we were saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, I felt like there were some that wanted to say yes. But because of the place that you feel you're in, that place of torment, that place of darkness, that place of unrest, you're like, I can't. I, 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 I can't say that. If you're here this morning and you've never said yes, say yes. Say yes. God is bringing you out of slavery. He's causing you to pass over into the promised land. I decree and I declare over you this morning that you're breaking off that fear. You're breaking off that place of familiarity. You're breaking off that routine. You're breaking off those lies. And you're listening to the king this morning. For he would say to you, God has helped come forth. Listen, your family your co-workers, your, your boss, they're depending on this yes. It is time to be contagious for Jesus. As you take communion this morning, I want this to be a celebration time. Nevin wants to pass it. I just told him no. Because... You want it, you got to go get it. You're lo- you better be thankful this morning. I didn't make you move seats because I was going to. Because you see, you come in and you sit in the same seat every Sunday. Routine. So next Sunday, move over a couple chairs and say, I'm here, Jesus. I'm going to hear because you're breaking out of routine. Routine will cause tradition and it will cause you to think the same way. It will cause you to do the same thing. Listen, it's not in the kingdom. Jesus never did anything the same. He never did the same thing. And guess what? There's still revelation coming from the throne. We're not going to be the same. We're of the same spirit. But it's going to be a different way. So this morning, as you come forward, I want you to think God has helped, so I'm coming out. I want you to think that when you take the, the, I actually made unleavened bread. When you take the unleavened bread and the blood and you think that you are applying that to the doorpost of your heart, nothing, nothing, nothing can touch you. I want you to start coming right now. Maybe take it, take it back. If you guys want to take it back.
maybe do some decreeing and declaring. Let's do that. <laughs> See, when you move, you don't go. Got, you don't gotta go back to that place. That's not correct English. Stay here. See, he's calling you out of that place. Stay right here. And don't spill the grape juice. Listen, you gotta come out of that place. You'll never be the same. It's a sign of us coming out. It's a sign of redemption. It's a sign of resurrection power. Somebody's just got to praise him. Because listen, even when you feel like you're stuck in that place, it's like Tim said, even when you don't feel like it, we praise him. Because it will shift you out of that place. in us lives in us oh lives in us same power that rose Jesus from the grave same power that commands the dead to wake it lives in us it lives in us same power that You've already died. There's no condemnation. It's fine. You were hungry. I understand. But if you haven't, let's really take a look at what this all means. And with today being Passover, the Lamb was slain at the cross for us. The body and the blood. So let's let's eat it. That. Let's make that. I believe that where it says we are not to, to eat or drink unworthy, it's, it's the unworthiness. We don't put the strength and the power in what we're doing. We don't we don't really recognize. We just think, well, it's grape juice and a, and a wafer. But it's so much more. It's the body and the blood of Christ that we are taking in, into us to realize the redemption. So, let's eat and drink. Listen. Where are you? 
much for choosing this podcast from CFTN Payson. We are Church for the Nations in Payson, Arizona. We are a Bible-believing church and believe God has a word for you today. You can reach us at www.cftnpayson.com or you can give us a call at 928-444-8791. God bless you.